You're listening to... No, that's not real. You're listening to The Heidi Rue Show. Yeah, that's better. Inspiring. Entertaining. Real. The Heidi Rue Show. I have a twofer deal today on the podcast. I've got Bre- the brothers, Brent and Kyle Peace. Now, if you are around the Atlanta area or even beyond it, you probably have heard of him them before. Kyle has spastic quadriplegia cerebral palsy. And Kyle and Brent have done a ton of different endurance races all over. Kyle recently wrote a book called Where There's a Will, There's a Way. I think I said that very Southern, where there's a whale, where there's a will, there's a way. And so I'm so happy to have them on with me today. Tell me, what was it like growing up in the Peace household with three boys? Because it's it's Brent and then Kyle and then it's your twin brother, Evan, right? Well, you know, hats off to our mom for dealing with that, <laughs> right? Um, I, you know, she's the better person to ask questions because we all have great memories of our childhood and playing sports together and I remember, you know, we we talk about sitting there and watching Sports Center. Nobody had cell phones and internet, so we watched Sports Center until you had it memorized, and so you knew the stat lines and you could repeat what the catchphrases were from the announcers. And uh, then we'd go outside and we'd play basketball or baseball or whatever the sport of the day was. And you know, those are the memories that I have. And um, when we really talk about our childhood, it does. It always centers around sports and. So we were, you know, we were there in 1991 when the Braves clinched their first pennant, and we were, you know, there for Falcons playoffs games and Georgia Tech baseball games, and I mean, you know, I just remember it being a lot of fun, and I just remember that Kyle was always there. You know, there was never this expectation that, you know, Kyle was going to have to lead a different life, and and so it it took many different forms, whether it was my dad carrying him up Stone Mountain because that's what the family was doing on that day, or. Um, my mom starting a baseball league um, at Buckhead Baseball um, for people like Kyle to be able to compete. So um, it's just it's always been we're doing the same stuff as everybody else, but we all got along pretty well. There wasn't too much kicking and screaming and tears. I mean, there was nothing unnatural for three boys. Things naturally, you know, they got a little out of hand. But <laughs> for the most part, I would say we just had a we had a really good time. We still do. Yeah, I think I. Uh, is a lot of credit that goes to mom and dad for their for their attitude. How they never took no for an answer with me, and then they included me on every family activity that we did as a family. And um, I think that's where we get some of our stubbornness from, <laughs> um, because we never take no for an answer. Um, and that's very true to this day with the foundation. So 2011, that is when it all started. Kyle, you watched Brent compete in a, his first triathlon, and you're like, hey, I want in. And you said something that I loved, and I wanted to ask you to explain more of it. You said watching the athletes compete in the triathlon reminded you of what you go through on a day-to-day basis. Can you tell me what you meant by that? Yeah, um, so I... Um, I rely on people every day to, to help me out, and um, and I have many many highs and many lows, and uh, from physical standpoint, the lows are, and I I get so the competitors, including Brett, just give it their all, and they went into a place that I found myself going to into a negative place. 
and through triathlon, I'm able now to to have an outlet in the sport, and um, it's really given me a new a new outlook on life. How do you, when you start to get in that negative space, what do you do to get out of it? Um, you know, I say my prayers and I think about good times in my life um, that have made me happy. And just, uh, just me being out there with, with friends made me uh, happy as well. Brent, this may be something that you can kind of explain a little bit more because it's not an easy feat for you guys to go to these endurance races. Like, you have quite a lot of equipment, right? <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, how did you even figure that out from the very beginning of, you know, when Kyle came to you and said, hey, I want to do this, were you like, okay, great. Wait, how do we How do we do this? You know, how did you figure that out? Um, we're still figuring it out. Okay. <laughs> um, but, uh, you know, the... Fr- the first step was just reaching out, you know, to people that have done this or trying to find and, and, mm-hmm. you know, so we found some great resources and started just kind of slowly figuring out, you know, what do we need? You know, obviously we knew uh, Kyle's going to need a boat of some type and then mm-hmm. we were going to want a bike. Uh, and we were actually just talking about this morning, you know, it was always our goal to give Kyle the full experience of being a cyclist. Um, so not finding some type of system where I could tow him behind my bike, but where he could sit up front and feel the wind in his face and mm-hmm. battle the elements like anybody else. And yeah. so we've just, we've slowly refined it. And it's, you know, it's funny, I think, if you go back and look at pictures from those first races um, to now, you know, we think we're way more important than we are. Uh, <laughs> we've got, you know, fancy Oakleys and, you know, perfectly matched Lycra outfits. And um, Kyle's even talking about shaving his legs like a cyclist for the upcoming Whoa, race. Whoa, yeah. what? <laughs> You're totally legit then, huh? <laughs> That's awesome. So how many endurance races have you guys done together? We have done over 75 races together and over a thousand miles. More Shoot more than a thousand by now. But yeah. we, you know, we used to like keep really good track of it um but as as the foundation has grown and um we have other people racing with us um we've kind of lost track and not not that we were supposed to be keeping stats but just you know we got busy and we enjoyed the other parts of this not necessarily seeing how many you know marks we could get on our belt and how many how many finisher medals we could get um there's always still the you know the races out there that we want to do together and because this is a deeply personal thing for us too but uh, we we probably should figure that out again. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we should. A lot. There we go. Yeah, a lot for sure. That's a lot of miles. Um, so you mentioned the foundation. I was going to ask you about this later, but um, Kyle, can you kind of tell us about the Kyle Peace Foundation and how that started? Yeah. So um, the Kyle Peace Foundation started in 2011 after we did our first triathlon. Um, I kind of had an aha moment when we were getting ready to cross the finish line, and I wanted to give other people like myself um, the same opportunity that my parents and Bray and Evan and so many others have given to me. So that's how the Kyle Beats Foundation was born, and the mission is to improve disabled individuals through sports. Um, so today we have helped over 100 families with our largest race 
be the best march for 58 athletes. Wow, that is, that is so awesome. So I want you guys to describe what it's like to cross the finish line of a triathlon. I've done a very small, like this, it's nothing compared to what you guys have done. I've done a sprint, but I know that crossing the finish line of the sprint triathlon was a totally different experience than any type of like half marathon or running race or anything. And I can only imagine it's like a hundred times different for you guys. Well, it's all relative, right? And, um, you know, you invest a lot of energy in your business and what you do. And so, when you have something that is really successful and, it, you know, you have this big, huge sense of accomplishment. And what Kyle and I have developed over the last seven years together is um, finding big things that we can accomplish together. So, you know, doing a short triathlon or doing a 5K for a lot of people is a really big deal. And maybe they struggle to get through that and maybe they struggle just to get to the start line. And so for us, what Ironman really truly represents, uh, at least on my side, is it, it, it's not just the struggle that we face to get ourselves ready. It's not the ups and downs we go through in the race. It's a lifetime that we've spent finding ways to give Kyle and include Kyle in things so that he's not having to compete in a different way. We, you know, we talk about this all the time. We grew up in a sports house. We loved the Braves and the Falcons and we watched Sports Center, and, you know, that was what we did. And, and we've, struggled to find things um, that gave Kyle that full, rich experience of being an athlete. And Ironman does that for us. So, you know, I say all that because, you know, I hope that people who, you know, follow us or tune into that, they know that there's something in their life that they can get over. So the finish line for me every time, it never gets old. And especially at that, that full Ironman distance that we've pushed ourselves so hard mentally and physically um, and all the flood of all the emotions come out, not just that day, but the months and the years and everything that's led up to that. And that's what makes that, that one so rewarding for us. Well, I think when I crossed the finish line, it's like, yes, I'm done. <laughs> now I can get, I get to my wheelchair. But uh, I think Brett hit it on the head um, that you, put, you invest so much of your, of your time and your energy it's something that you love. It's something that you're passionate about. And when we, and we you love what you do, you want more of it. So you just keep going and keep going and, and keep pushing yourself in. Getting to any finish line is amazing. And it just, it, I can't really put it into words uh, what the finish line has meant and will mean. Um, in the next few weeks. I think you guys both described it really well. Okay, so I want you to tell me about the New York City Marathon. I want to know what happened. I mean, that was one of the most challenging races that you guys have ever competed in. Um, what happened during that race? So the New York City Marathon, uh, Brett and I always have like a bucket list of races that we do together. Um, so we got to go up to New York um, and they... Uh, it was the first year that they allowed push assist um, teams to to enter the marathon, and it was just another way to see Evan and uh, hang out with him. So we um, we got out there and we started doing the the marathon, and we were off to a great pace. 
and around my hey, my wheel started to wobble, and I I yelled at Brett, hey, bud, is everything okay? And again, how can you say no to your little brother? You're right, absolutely. And, but that wobble got louder and louder and louder. And about mile 13, it just shattered. Um, so Brett immediately yanked me out of the chair, and we started walking, and that did not go so well. <laughs> uh, we got about 400 feet, and that's where we um, went to the side of the road. They led us to the medical tent, and Brett was trying to figure out ways to um, get the the chair back so that we could get back on the course and he went with the NYPD to a nearby bike shop and the bike shop said we could do it in two days and Brett was like don't you see the big bars the sweat <laughs> and all that uh, meanwhile I was at the medical tent so when Brett came back uh, there was a race patrol that was ready to give us our DNF papers and Brad was like, give me one more minute to talk to my brother. And we found a way to tie a rope to his shoulder. And uh, we were off at a very slow pace. And uh, there was some amazing couple of people that helped us um, get across to the, the finish line. Um, I'm going to post that picture on my Facebook page, um, uh, the Heidi Ruscio Facebook fan page, um, if you want to see it, because it is, um, I, it, I know it made me cry um, when I saw that, because there it wasn't just you two, but other people came alongside of you guys to help you cross that mm-hmm. finish line. And um, So it took us, it actually took us a while to talk about that one. Really? You know, you're sitting here asking us stories about being kids and what it was like, and we're telling you how glowing and how wonderful yeah. it was, and we never fought, and we never punched each other. That was the most challenging we work really well together. We're a good. We're a really good team. We've accomplished, you know, crazy, mm-hmm. incredible feats together. And we went to New York just as a like, let's go run in this race. It was no, mm-hmm. we weren't trying to do anything other than just enjoy it. Mm-hmm. And it turned into one of the hardest days. And I remember, you know, we're getting help, and it was it was a cool New York fall day. And so by the time these people were helping us, I wasn't sweating anymore. And so I'm looking at Kyle, like, what are we doing? You know, we were supposed to be out here for like three and a half hours, and now we're going to be out here forever, and our brother's waiting for us to have dinner, and like, this is stupid. And I remember looking at him and just saying, like, let's let's stop. Like, this is this is ludicrous. And you know, I talked about like what the finish line feels like, and it's it's years. It's not just the the day itself. And Kyle looked up at me, and you know, there was a fire in his eyes, and he said, Well, you can quit, but I'm not. I heard what I needed to hear. And we all go mm-hmm. through it. Like Kyle and I are far from perfect. And so I wanted to quit. I didn't want to keep going. And Kyle pulled me out of the the depths of all those negative thoughts because, mm-hmm. you know, the negative energy gets rolling downhill really fast. Yeah. And so by mile 18, I was done. So he yelled at me and <laughs> I, I recovered. And But about mile 23, we were both out of energy yeah. and we stopped talking to each other. And we had these two poor strangers that were you know, helping us finish. Yeah. And they're like beaming. They are so moved <laughs> by this, you know, and Kyle and I aren't speaking to each other. Right. And, but when we finished, like we had the emotion and like, I, you know, I remember my wife calling and um, uh, a friend of ours called and said, you guys, 
you have no idea what you just did, how many people, and the gift that you gave us all today. And so now I'm like bawling, and we get in the cab, and I'm and Kyle, you know, you're looking at him in this wheelchair with his cell phone perfectly set up for him. Yeah, we're in the middle of New York City with a broken wheelchair. Like oh, Kyle gosh. can't even use his phone. So I'm trying to convey who for an hour we've stopped speaking to each other and now I'm just happy Mm -hmm. and I'm trying to convey all of this stuff to Kyle like hey you know what like I know it was hard and I know I might have been worse than you out there but we got through it yeah and he started yelling at me and (laughs) we got back to the hotel and I remember thinking I gotta put you to bed (laughs) and you were a jerk to me the whole cab ride home I'm just gonna leave you there and then we'll see who the tough guy is you know but I, I I did the right thing and when we woke up in the morning you know, we had we had another brotherly moment. So we had mm-hmm. like the positivity of getting to New York and all this excitement, and then we had this terrible thing happen to the wheelchair that wasn't really that bad, and uh, we still got through it. So like when mm-hmm. we woke up, we had a hug and we forgot all about it. And then he sees his phone, and neither of us have that many friends. That Kyle, I mean, his phone was it, <laughs> it had blown up, blown up. You know, so what was wow. just supposed to be this fun little adventure together turned into a beautiful story. That is a beautiful story. Brent, you said something that the best races that you've done were with Kyle, that he's made you a better athlete. What do you mean by that? You know, I was like anybody else in the South. I wanted to be good at football and baseball. And, you know, if you're afraid of getting hit, it's kind of hard to be good at football. (laughs) And uh, so I was never like this, you know, elite athlete or anything um, crazy growing up. I I certainly played a lot of sports and was decent at a few of them. but I, I fell into endurance sports, you know, just trying to get myself healthy. And um, once Kyle and I got into it, I became a pretty good athlete. And, mm-hmm. you know, what, what Kyle and I do is impressive for anybody, let alone, you know, two humans trying to do it at the exact same time, carrying each other through the course. Right. Kyle, so I want to ask you something specific, and this is actually a selfish question, okay? You have to depend on a lot of people for help. And there are some people in life, me, um, that it's a hard thing to do is to ask for help or to allow people to help you. But I wanted to ask you, what is a blessing that comes from accepting help from other people and accepting or allowing yourself to depend on other people? Um, I think it... Yeah, that's a great question. I think you have to uh, humble yourself, <laughs> and uh, I think you that we all need help, right? And we all need help uh, in different ways. And uh, I still have problems with it today, asking for somebody to help me because I feel like I can do it on my own, and I'm stubborn. But I think you really have to just put yourself out there and say, okay. I need help, and I need help with some very intimate parts of my life <laughs> and some not so, some everyday tasks. So um, I can think it's important that you put yourself out there and uh, you accept the fact that you need help. Yeah, and we can all use a little extra humility, right? I mean, this world would be a better place, probably. (laughs) So, Brent, I want to ask you a similar question, but just vice versa. Mm -hmm. You've had to help Kyle a lot, and you've had to be there for him. What has been one of the biggest blessings from having somebody else depend on you? I mean, I think I'm an uh, infinitely better person having Kyle as a brother and learning that at a very young age. One of the, you know, there's always things that are seared into your mind. Um, 
And wh- I remember um, when Kyle and I were probably teenagers, um, helping him go to the bathroom and helping him put on his pants. And I remember pulling his boxers up and they were all twisted and crumpled. And I remember thinking like, who wants to wear their undergarments like this all day? Like if it was anybody else, you know, you would, you'd sit there and fiddle with your pants for 30 minutes, especially as a teenage boy. But, Mm -hmm. um, I just remember looking at him and saying, well, you know, can I fix your boxers? And, you know, Kyle didn't even think of it because, you know, his reality is different from my reality, but it, it helps me. I guess the, I share that because it always helped me to be able to look at somebody and not just Kyle to look at you or to my friends or my family and mm-hmm. think, what are they feeling and what would help them? Because mm-hmm. it is hard to ask for help. So sometimes it is okay to, it's okay to say to somebody, how are you doing? And it's okay to say not so well. Like you said, that, that humility works both ways. Yeah. You guys are about to face another big challenge. This is the ultimate bucket list thing, though. This is the crown jewel. This, yeah, Kona. And you guys are about to compete in it in just a couple of weeks. It's a two-point... I just want to tell people uh, what it is for people that don't know, but it's a 2.4-mile swim, 112-mile bike, 26.2-mile run in 17 hours. And there's only one other duo that has ever done it, mm-hmm. right? It's by invita- invitation only and... Yeah. I mean, what what's going through your mind right now? You're just a couple of weeks out. Well, that's a mouthful you get to there. <laughs> I, um, I think that um, that we are excited to get there and that we are going to give um, the race course to ultimately respect. Let the kids fall where they fall and, uh, and see what happens. I think that we are uh, prepared and... Um, Really excited to, to go out there with Brett. Do you have the little E explicit thing on your? <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, it's. I mean, it's. This is what we wanted, though. Right. Like, I, I, there's a friend of mine um, who we had breakfast at the beginning of this year, and he was. We were talking about Kona. We hadn't gotten in yet, and I was feeling a little bit down about it. And he said, "Why do you have to do Kona?" And I, you know, I. Talk, talk about all the years of trying to get in. He's like, why don't you just do something that scares you? I was like, well, Kona scares me. <laughs> it is the hardest one-day endurance event in the world, mm-hmm. in my opinion. And um, it's not only the distances that are daunting, and, and Kyle and I have tackled that distance before, it's the conditions. It's mm-hmm. hot. You've got trade winds, you know, coming from both yeah. sides of the island. Um, you know, Kyle looks, when Kyle fights win, he looks punch drunk by the end of the day. Mm-hmm. And so he's getting beat up physically and mentally. I'm getting beat up. And then we've got this clock that we've got to finish in 17 hours or less, or we don't get a medal. We don't Mm -hmm. get a finisher's time, um, which is exactly what we want. We wanted to compete like everybody else. Mm -hmm. So we're getting everything we asked for. Um, So, you know, I've enjoyed this summer. It has been one of the most challenging and difficult summers in terms of everything that we've both had to manage. so now all we got to do is, like Kyle said, let the chips fall where they may. We're, yeah. The proverbial hay is in the barn at this point. So. <laughs> and Kyle told me before you got here that he, all he's waiting for is just to have that pina colada afterwards. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, so I was, a, I was a little bit of a party animal, and uh, triathlon was kind of, of just a way that I got myself healthy. Mm-hmm. And so symbolically, every time I've trained for an Ironman, I've um, – cut out alcohol. Mm-hmm. So when Kyle and I got in was June 3rd and we ordered, uh, of course we were exhausted. We ordered a bottle of champagne and we both had like one sip. <laughs> um, it was the most expensive sip of, sip of champagne I've ever had. And, um, 
So now that's all we both talk. And Kyle has joined me in solidarity that, mm. uh, so he and I both were talking about that. Like, so he wants a pina colada first. I just want that ice cold beer under yeah. hot, hot sun. Right. Yeah. So, yeah. So what's your training schedule like preparing then uh, over the summer? So, now? so 20 to 25 hours a week. Oh, um, wow. Every three weeks I get one day off mm. and uh, Kyle joins me on the weekends, usually for 10 to 15 hours of that. Mm. Um, so he's doing a lot as well. Um, but it's, it's something every day. Mm. Um, and that's, you know. That's what hooks a lot of us in. It's just that process of trying to and watching yourself get that fit. Yeah. Um, I mean, there's there's not a lot of people that can do what we're attempting. Yeah. Um, so it's been it's been fun, um, but it's a lot. I mean, it's every day. Yeah. Kyle, you are now an author. <laughs> you wrote the book. We talked about this um, even before. Um, before the podcast, but you wrote a book called Where There's a Wheel, There's a Way. So tell me what that book's about. So it's an educational children's book that just talks a little bit about my life and then our journey to uh, triathlon uh, along with the Kyle Peace Foundation. And I think uh, the book is a great illustration of um, four kids to come up and not be afraid to ask questions about why is Kyle different or um, whatever the case might be. So um, I, I guess why people to know that, you know, I'm normal, um, just in a different different way. Yeah, that's so true. I Before we started the podcast, Kyle and I were also talking about my little brother, Clayton, who has Apert syndrome and I had on the podcast. But... That was the hardest thing as an older sister, seeing people come up to him and ask him what's wrong, because I'm like, there's nothing wrong with him. Um, but one of my favorite responses that he gave one time is a little boy said, said, hey, what's wrong with you? And he said, I didn't eat my veggies growing up. <laughs> and that little kid got so scared and he ran to his mom. <laughs> and so my mom was like, well, that little boy ate his veggies every day every from day. then on. <laughs> Um, so I love that. And you can get that book on the website, right? The Kyle Peace website? Correct. Uh, org, And the uh, Amazon as well. <laughs> I got it. Amazon audiobook for the, for the differently abled. We got it all. Awesome. That's great. Kyle, what do you wish that people knew about people with disabilities? That we matter. That we, um, that we all have a gift. And, um. Uh, we have feelings, and uh, we can put your mind and do something. You can achieve it. Don't let anything stop you from pursuing your your goal and your passion. And I think that uh, Brett has given me a platform uh, to be an athlete, and he has also given so many. We have both given so many other people the platform to be themselves and to take a break for whatever challenge that they are facing as an individual or as a family and, and come together as a family through the Kyle Peace Foundation to participate in races. So this is my last question, but how can we help? I mean, how can everybody that's listening, how can I help? Is that by going to Kyle Peace Foundation um, and helping support the foundation or run or 
what? So we like to say we want time, talent, and treasure from everybody. So, um, yes, you go to the website, and you can give us all of that. So we always need volunteers, and so you can give us your time. You can sign up to be a helper. There's a helper application at the bottom of the homepage. You can give us your talents. We are growing and bursting at the seams. We had a race with 58 wheelchairs in a race this year, so we need people that can help us grow. Um, we only have one employee right now, and everybody else is a volunteer. And we need treasure. We need, we're like any other nonprofit that your donations matter, and there is no donation too small for us still. We, um, and we don't ever want to get to that place. Um, so every, every little bit of help that people can offer us, um, it goes a long way. And, you know, Kyle says something um, that I'll steal from him right now that I love, but um, when somebody opens the door for Kyle, it can make the biggest difference in his day. So if you hadn't let him into the building today, we'd still be waiting to start the podcast. But that seemingly insignificant task to some people means a lot to Kyle. And so you may not think you have something to offer us, but um, you'd be surprised that your talent and, and your time and your treasures mean the world to us and, and helping us serve our mission. And I would just say uh, to your listeners, uh, you don't have to be a runner to, to join our team. You can, um, like I said, open the door or help me or one of our athletes with a banana or water. Um, that made the biggest difference in my life. And I know for some of our athletes as well. And then you can follow along the journey on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. <laughs> nice social media plug there, Kyle. <laughs> well, we will for sure be following along, guys, and uh, we just wish you the best of luck in Kona, and thank you so much for taking time, especially this close to race race time, uh, on being on the podcast. So thanks, guys. Thank you. <laughs> if you th- this is what happens on podcasts, but the, the microphone arm just kind of came off. But it's okay. I'm going to let Kyle sign off on this one. Thank you. As a Georgia peach, she loves pleasing people, so she wants to know how she can improve the show. So let her know, either on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram, at Heidi Rue. Also be kind, because she's my wife. And if she has a bad day, then I'm really going to hear about it. 